Mr. Luke Clayton, it is turning into springtime. There's still cold weather around, but I'll tell you what, uh, turkey season is on the way, but I'm thinking about fishing. You know, when, when I was a little kid, I kind of grew up on a little uh, place of my granddad's called in Cummins Creek. C-U-M-M-I-N-S was a creek that ran through his property for about a mile and and headed to the Colorado River there, just south of us, at, uh, close to Columbus, Texas. And, and uh, I can go in that. I remember going out there a bunch with a cane pole, string, uh, corks. We used to call them stoppers, and call instead of uh, bobbers, a little bitty piece of lid and a hook and a whole lot of worms. And I can remember catching sunfish like they were going out of style. Those things fry, uh, scaled and and uh, and cleaned and 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 fried, you know, headed and scaled them, uh, are so tasty when they're fried up right there <laughs> on that creek bank, Larry. You know, absolutely. We used to carry a big old uh, cast iron skillet, and then of course back then everybody used lard because we all had we butchered our own hogs and made our own lard and. Uh, didn't grind our own cornmeal, but cornmeal was pretty readily available. And so you take a little salt and pepper and, and uh, kind of slash that fish around, maybe like you said, after you'd, you'd scaled it and gutted it and took the head off of it, left a lot of the fins on, maybe not the big ones, but the little ones, and then yeah. just kind of fried that entire thing in, in that hot lard right there next to the creek bank. And, oh, my God, that was good. You're not kidding. It's, it's amazing some of the parallels that we had as boys because – Pecan Bio is uh, right. up in Red River County, which is in northeast Texas, where I was raised, out in the country, you know. Well, Pecan Bio runs uh, in a kind of a southeasterly direction, and it run it runs by within probably, oh, I don't know, 600 yards of our little farm that I was raised on. Well, there was, and I'm sure there still are, loads of channel cat. It's a spring-fed uh, bio, as we call it, yes, it's a, right. a live creek year round. Well, we would cut. Uh, we called them cane poles. They were actually there was a stand of bamboo that an old boy had out out there. We'd cut. They were actually bamboo poles, you know. And we would cut. Sometimes, you know, we would have ten or or fifteen of these poles rigged up with some of that old, not monofilament, but that old woven line, fishing yeah, that's line. That's what this was. Yep. Right? Yep. And a hook and a weight and no cork. So these are what we call set poles. Well, we, my dad, and he was he was big on fishing, and uh, my mother was too. But uh, he and I mostly would do this. We'd get out there, get them all in poles, put them in that old 50-model international red pickup that we used for a tractor and everything else back in those days. <laughs> a, a, exactly. ro- a rolling camper, and we didn't have a tractor. You know, we used that old truck. So uh, we'd load them old pole, poles up and, and head down there. It would usually drive to the side. It's right off the side of the road down there. We'd walk back in there, Larry, and uh, had a little pond there on our place, and, and uh, I'd catch some little perch, and uh, we'd cut those, make cut bait out of them. You know? oh, so yeah, we'd absolutely. have a coffee can full of cut bait, you know. And then we would go down there and just every likely looking spot, maybe an old lay down log or a tree that had fallen in or just a bend in the creek that looked fishy, we would bait that uh, bait that line up with some cut bait, stick that rod down in the soft mud on the side of that mm-hmm. creek. Yes, sir. You know, and then we would we would run them, and then of course it remember where they were. Of course, the whole stretch maybe maybe a couple hundred yards there. We'd we'd set these poles 
and and then we'd come we'd go back home and then we'd come back you know and then we wanted to make sure that they were baited just before dark you know absolutely that's when old fish really really fed but yeah that's some good memories and uh you know i i know that you go back you you now your land is well the same land that you was raised on you go back i would love to go back to pecan bio i I could check and find out who owns the land now adjacent it love to go back there and do that again you know well you're right you know i'm fortunate that the the land that i grew up on i now own but also the land that belonged to my granddad back when grandpa Oshenbeck, it, it belongs to one of my cousins and so one of these days here very soon i'm going to holler at him and say hey i want to go back down and just fish that same portion of that creek and you know, we, we do a lot of things with uh, Sportsman's Life, but I think our digital TV show on Carbon uh, TV, but I think it'd make kind of a cool deal. I think maybe I can dig up some old photographs from when I was a little bit a kid and, and uh, fishing with that cane pole and, and uh, mushers. I'll fish with a cane pole right now. But, you know, come to think of it, that's not really a bad idea. You know, these days, there's a lot of people, you know, wanting to go back into fishing or going fishing, maybe even for their first time. and you know, you really don't. It, it's great if you get all the, you know, rods and reels and artificial lures. But you know, to catch fish, really, sometimes the best thing you can do is take an old cane pole or, or just a willow stick and a piece of string and, and a hook and maybe a, some grasshoppers or worms. And come to think of it, I think that may be the way that I go back and do that. I can see that happening, Larry. Yeah, and and that's. That's fishing at its basal unit right there, man. You know, that I mean, is. that's pretty basic. and But it works. I bet you it's going to work as good today as it did when you were nine years old walking on that creek. What do you think? <laughs> I, I, I bet it is. I'll tell you what, where I grew up, we kind of had old dark, uh, almost black clay, but there were earthworms there that we would dig with a, what we called a grubbing hoe. And, yes. And, uh, yep. We would, you, those worms, I remember them being as big around as my fingers were yeah. even when I was a little kid, and they'd be like almost a foot or a foot longer. And uh, you didn't have to dig a whole lot of those worms. You know, you could fish for a pretty good walk, and you just kind of tear them off in sections and yeah. use them yeah. that way. And, yeah, I may have tried to do that again. That The more we're talking, the more interested I'm becoming in doing it. <laughs> you know, uh, night crawlers, when I was a kid, I, night crawlers, where I live here, uh, there's a lot of oak trees and there's a lot of leaves. Yes, now, I don't really understand why at times there's lots and lots of night crawlers, but when we first moved here 20 years ago, I'd get out there and scratch around in the leaves, and night crawlers were plentiful. Oh, yeah. uh, now, I mean, I'm just thinking, I haven't seen a night crawler uh, on our place where I live here in, in years. I'm just wondering, uh, I'd like to get them started again. I may even make a, a bed, you know, like a raised bed. I've That's thought about it. That's an easy thing to do. Yes. And stock them, you know, buy some night crawlers, you know, in a, in a, to fish with, and then just put them in there in a, in a mulched area and try to, I mean, used to, if you wanted I fished close to home here in some some gravel pits. Just go out there and scratch around. There were plenty of night crawlers. But oh, yeah. I'm going to look into that. I'll talk to some night crawler biologists or something. <laughs> <laughs> see if I can see if I can re, restock. Larry, speaking of restocking, I want to tell you and all of our friends listening. Uh, I live, folks, uh, twenty little less than twenty five miles as the crow flies from downtown Dallas, but, right. but it's a unique part of the world. It's on the 
Trinity River drainage, and it's an isolated community out here. Uh, half a mile from my house, I, I, I shot a hog last night. You know, I mean, plenty of right. wild hogs, plenty of deer. Uh, but the Texas Parks and Wildlife, through the, the Wild Turkey Federation, Larry, three years ago stocked the Rio Grande species of, of right. wild turkey on this. There's Thank goodness there's a big 12,000-acre cattle ranch, and then there's a 2,000-acre wetland. Right, but I'm right between them. And, mm-hmm. But they stock mm-hmm. those turkeys. So I have a friend, Kenneth, that uh, lives down the way. He has a shooting range, and Kenneth has some land that connects to that huge cattle ranch. Well, we were sighting in a, uh, a thermal scope last week, a rattler out there, uh, right. and sighting it in. And Kenneth says, wait just a minute, look back over there. And he said, there's my turkeys. There was about 20 turkeys coming through the trees. And he says, they're going to come right up to my feeder. He had a, a feeder out there on the edge of his, uh, near his property line. Those turkeys, we were within uh, 75 yards of those turkeys. But, and one of them was one of the original hens that was stocked because he saw the, the name, the, the tag, you know, on the, the right, the, the, exactly on its foot, on its leg. And uh, those turkeys, of course, he feeds them corn. But I have seen turkeys, if you can believe it, I live about mm, a mile from him and in an area with houses where I live. He's, he's, there's no houses where he lives. I've had a turkey come across, not on our property, but this road right by this little drive road. Had right, uh, right. a hen last spring when they disperse out of the flocks to nest. Two or three times that hen would come right across our area here. So wild turkeys are, uh, I was talking about stocking earthworms, uh, night crawlers. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's such a, I, I can't, of course, there's no season for them here in Kaufman County where I live, and there won't be, I, I hope, for a long time. But uh, I'm going to have a chance to do some turkey calling, videoing, uh, everything uh, less a right. shotgun, do it all with a camera, you know. So kind of excited about that, Larry. You know what you should be? You can almost do that there in your backyard because, uh, t- to me, you live in such an ideal place for so many different reasons, but it's absolutely beautiful. And you got your little camp right there and from the photographs that we've taken at the camp. You could that camp could be anywhere throughout the eastern half of the U.S. kind of thing, and nobody would know the difference. That it's, no, just a little way behind your house there. But. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I have a lot of fun. Got a little cooking area. Yeah, well, you've been there no. many times with me, but uh, well, I have a lot of fun. Yeah. I've had a chance to eat some of that cooking <laughs> that you did. I was there right after we finished the DSC convention. Yep, yep. And just want to uh, well, mention that. I want to remind everybody that it's going to be up again next January, and now's the time to start planning for attending the DSC convention. I think it's like the uh, somewhere around the, the first week of, of January again in 2023, but uh Now's a good time to start planning for all that kind of it's thing. It's not a bit, not a day too early, buddy. Well, no, I've, en- I've enjoyed our little uh, weekly visit here, and and I hope our guests. Uh, in- uh, the only the only problem is <clears throat> they can't be around the campfire, so they have to they get to have to listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say get to, but yeah, it's kind of a, a two way conversation. But I hope everyone enjoys our little visits with them. You know. Absolutely, and hope we we spurred some memories or, or spurred something to make you want to create some memories in the outdoors. <laughs>